Here by the Owl podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki Fiddle-Eye-Doll and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time. Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. Hey everybody, welcome to our first Patreon exclusive episode. Um, thanks for being here. We really appreciate it. So um, for our first episode, we had a laundry list of things to do, but Brianna said that this was the coolest one, which is, I don't think it's that cool because it's mine, but she told me that it was. So we are going to talk about concrete Rice Krispies. So before we get into it, Brianna, why... I guess out of the list of things that we had, like why does this one jump out for you and why do you think people are going to like it? Yeah, I think it's really, I mean, we really want to make it actionable. We talked about that um, in our intro video. Um, it's something that you can take and do with your students tomorrow. Um, mm -hmm. I think too, whether you teach sixth grade, fifth grade, all the way up to seniors, it's something that you can um, implement into your program. Um, I also think it's going to be something that whether you have a shop or not, you can still do it in your classroom and um, really teach your students about concrete in a way that they're going to understand. And um, it also has food. And if your students are anything like mine, they are very food motivated. So, yeah, well, and we'll talk about modifications. Um, let's call them remixes. Um, because that's more fun. So concrete rice krispies, let's rewind back to when I was in the classroom. I was I was teaching a lesson on concrete, and concrete is not my forte. Um, actually, negative amounts of my forte. And um, I was actually having a teacher come who was student teaching and had to do some observation hours as well. And I was like, God, I just I was kind of in a slump. And I needed some some creative outlet. And I had this group of boys that they would do anything that I threw in front of them. And maybe some minor complaining, but in the end, they always had so much fun. And so we were going to learn about concrete. And I, yeah, I had a shop, but I didn't have a ton of the supplies, like real supplies to do like legit concrete. Like I know some of you, you know, listening to this you probably do you probably pour slabs of concrete and we didn't have that so I just wanted to teach them the concepts and so I started it out with a challenge question and so the challenge question is what is concrete composed of and how is the composition affected when proportions of ingredients are changed and that's uh, that's what I wanted them to get out of it is that there are different ingredients and can it change like when we adjust the amount of those ingredients in concrete can it can it affect it and so um that's how it started um and i literally wrote this the night before i shouldn't brag about that but i did and so in we will attach this um to this so you have access uh to um the resources for this so Feel free to remix it yourself and find a different way to do this. But I used various candy 
Um, my students had scales and we got the scales from Amazon, uh, a hot plate. That's really, really important. Marshmallows and butter, uh, bowls, spoons, cooking spray and loaf pans. I got the loaf pans, like the, the ones that you buy and you cook in them and you throw them away. Okay. So essentially students had to determine which components um, that they wanted to use in their concrete mix. And the, the composition was totally up to them. So if Brianna was going to decide what to make, I had a list of what was considered fine aggregates and what was considered coarse aggregates. And so the fine aggregates, I reminded them in real life, that would be like sand, um, broken down rock, so rock and smaller pieces, gravel, and any granules less than three sixteenths of an inch. What I did is I'd always get, they'd always have tape measures out too to see if you have a caliper, a digital caliper, that's really good. So they could see truly what a fine aggregate looks like. If I were to do this again, um, and I, I never got the opportunity to, I would maybe have the physical examples of these fine aggregates in jars so they could see them. Um, the, and, oh, and then the, the components that made up those fine aggregates were the Rice Krispies, peanuts, M&Ms, and mini chocolate chips. So I chose small things to represent those. Then they had coarse aggregates. So that would be rock and any granules greater than 3 sixteenths of an inch. Okay, and that's an easy concept for them to understand. They had the mini Reese's Cups, mini Kit Kats, and mini Snickers. And so they were given these components and they had to choose how much of each component was gonna make up their concrete. So they weighed them um, in weigh dishes on the scales and uh, they recorded the total weight of their dry ingredients for their concrete. And they, they put that down. They were instructed to spray a loaf pan. And then I had an aide in my room that at the start of this, she was already melting marshmallows because that was like, everyone needed that, right? That's gonna stick to, that's gonna make our concrete stick together. We should have had an, another hot plate going. Because <clears throat> it was, it. I mean, how many kids do they have in that class? Like ten, and so she was, she was melting marshmallows like crazy. Um, maybe don't start with Mark. Can you start? I don't know. I don't bake. Can you start with like the marshmallow in the jar? You know where it's already kind of liquidy. Do you know what I'm talking about? The marshmallow fluff. Oh, is that legal? No. You maybe could. I don't. I think it would be <sighs> well. Too. Okay, well, anyway, maybe don't do that. But um, so she thankfully was there because clearly I don't even know how to make rice krispies myself. And so then they had to draw a data table to showcase um, what percentage the different components they chose were going to make it up. Now, um, they did for this use weigh dishes that were clean and they used. Um, rubber gloves because they were going to get to eat this at the end mm -hmm. so we I so they understood these are we didn't put it right on the scale because the scale who knows what's on there but and then um they were given four cups of mini marshmallows um and two three tablespoons of butter that was already in there ready to go 
So then they were given that, they mixed their concrete up. If they felt that it was too dry, they could ask for a little bit more marshmallows. And we did that just because it, it all depended on how much they were creating. They then pressed it in their loaf plan, loaf pan, and then they analyzed what they look what it looked like. And so they discussed what ingredients they used and why, observations they made of their concrete. So we had a lot of people that were like, I'm going to use all my favorite foods that, you know, and then they started to realize like, I had to go back and get a lot of marshmallow uh -huh. or the spaces in between the pieces were bigger than my person's next to me. And so they started to make those ob observations. And then um, they started to think about how would those components affect like in real life concrete. So what if a concrete was made up of all these really large chunks? And then they they started to discuss cost of the ingredients. And then um, I told them that there were five factors to consider when designing a concrete mix, which included workability, strength, durability, appearance, and economy. And then I asked them, how, how did they think the proportions of the ingredients affect each of these? And so they kind of thought about the workability, the strength, the durability, the appearance, and the economy of their concrete mix. And so this was just a great way for us to introduce this concept. Not everything works, right? Like mm -hmm. it's, it's Rice Krispies, right? But it allowed us to think like, okay, Let's everyone look, like do a gallery walk. Let's look at everyone's loaf pans. We even cut them in half. Let's look at a side view. What does it look like? Um, and then we started to talk about if this was concrete, what do we think would happen here? Where would we want to use this concrete? Would we want this to be patio? Would we want this to just be a slab out on the farm that's going to hold a grain bin? All kinds of things. So that was kind of the intro lesson. Super, super fun. You can remix this a little bit. You could use cereals. You could use other things. You don't have to use those materials. But afterwards, we went out into the shop and we did, um, we used different types of concrete to make concrete pumpkins. And so they got to see what different concrete set up to be. And there was another lesson that we did where they actually mixed up concrete and we we tested those five factors as well. Um, but that that's not my lab to share, so I won't get into that. Um, someone else created that lab. Um, but this was a great intro activity. If, if I were to do this again too, I would also consider doing this with my younger kids. And do that as like, this is my intro to concrete. And then when they're older, just get into the actual concrete work. And so. Yeah. Well, and I know a lot of people do like the concrete pumpkins already. Um, so just kind of tying that. And I think I, if I've seen correctly on other people's pages, when they post about it, yeah. they typically do that with their younger kids. So um, this would be a good way to get them thinking about it instead of just saying like, we're going to mix up some concrete, like actually having some. And it's, it, it can be a lot of money to mix up concrete, even those concrete pumpkins. Mm -hmm. If you have 10 kids in your class, <laughs> you are surprised by how much concrete that takes um, and the mess that comes with it. And so, I mean, I understand that this is just food and is it really showcasing all of the elements of um, 
Concrete, definitely not, but it's a really good alternative and or support to kind of teach some of the concepts. My hope is that by sharing it, um, you'll be able to kind of remix it a little bit and make it work for you uh, and and find other ways to kind of showcase um, concrete in your classroom, especially if you don't have the lab space or the budget to do what others are doing with concrete. So Brianna, as a teacher, potentially going to implement this, what questions come to mind as, as you listened that other teachers would maybe be hung up on as well? Sure. And so you talked about it a little bit, but I think the biggest thing that I always get hung up on, right? Like I see these like really fun, these fun labs or these fun activities like this one or, um, you know, suturing bananas or, you know, whatever it is like this fun, um, cute lab how do I apply it? Like, how mm -hmm. can I still ensure that my students are learning something from it instead of just like, we made Rice Krispies and ate them? Well, I think it, I think first and foremost, it comes down to my kids started with a challenge question. We, we started with an objective. And although we made the Rice Krispies, we circle back at the end and we have those reflection questions, which you'll see um, in the resource that um, is being shared with you. Um, what the, you know, I talked a lot about them, but that's the key is that you can do any fun little lab, but if you don't tie it together to concepts you want them to take home, it doesn't matter how cute and fun it is. It, it didn't help drive home what you needed them to know. And so this also allows you to kind of, to scaffold and spiral. So once I talked about different aggregates, right? When do we use the word aggregate? Not often. And that was not my kids' vocabulary. So that that right there, I tied a terminology to about concrete to something that they already knew. And a lot of these students were on IEPs, right? Um, but just, just to make something that they know to, and tie it to something they didn't know, that helped. And so... Um, you also get to kind of spiral and think about, okay, it's the next day. How are we moving into our next part of our lab? And what did we cover in that activity that I can circle back to and say, remember, how big were the small aggregates again? Oh, they couldn't be over what size, right? Maybe you draw that on a board so they can see the size. Maybe that's when you bring in those aggregates. Maybe you challenge them to find aggregates of those sizes on, in their homes outside I mean the sky's the limit but if you bypass the reflection and the tying it to content all you do is have a really cute fun activity and it doesn't really serve a purpose and it's hard because there were times when I was young and teaching I was like I don't want to spend too much time on this so we're just going to do this and move on it didn't it didn't do me any good um it actually caused more problems in the end so yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Um, because I think a lot of times, right, we see things on Agate Discussion Lab or um, somewhere else that someone's doing this really fun thing and we just want to implement it. And then, you know, that that served today. So what, you know, what are we moving on to tomorrow? But yeah, exactly. And you're just like, check the box, fill this, this, fill this hour, let's move on. It'll just cause you more problems. And so start to think about how you can spiral and um, scaffold and ask your kids too when they come in that next day you know all right what did we do yesterday oh we made concrete rice krispies 
someone tell me how their rice cri- crispy turned out. Like I had kids that they couldn't eat theirs. It, they were like, this is not good. I'm like, okay, let's tie that back. Like, tie that back to real concrete. Look at, you use so many coarse aggregates. What do you think will happen if this was real? Mm-hmm. Start to make a list. Okay, I think it's going to fall apart. Like, that's what I think is going to happen. There's too much coarse. There's not enough sticking it together. It's going to be really rocky. It's not going to be pretty, right? Is it going to be easy to work with a with a trowel, right? Probably not, right? So now you're starting to help them hypothesize. So if you do get into any minor concrete, now they have they have all that terminology. Um, I would say the easiest thing that you can do, and this is what I did, was my kids made forms and they were not perfect, but they were like little shallow boxes. Um, I just realized that they'll see the video of this. So now like all our hand gestures are not being used for nothing. (laughs) So this is literally us podcasting all the time. We still show it, although no one sees it. Now they will. Okay. So it was just like a piece of plywood on the bottom and then um, four walls and it was about this thick and they made stepping stones and the the reason we did this was because I've done the concrete pumpkins and I had too many kids in this class to be doing concrete pumpkins because it gets to be a lot and it's expensive and so we did the forms and also when I was little we made we made pavers as well and I still have mine it's outside I still have mine it's got my handprint in it and so that's what they did is they they put their names in it. They put, I got like, oh gosh, like pebbles, like colorful pebbles that you would get in like the fish section, right? Um, and they put their handprints on it in the year that they graduate, right? So something simple, but then they got to start to use, like we had a couple trowels and they got to see like, okay, where do we see the coarse and fine aggregates? When we look in this bag, what does it look like it's made of mostly? Why is that? And so it just allows you to tie it all in and, um, and you have to be purposeful. Um, I mean, you can't just say this is what I'm going to do and then figure out the rest of it later. You got to think about how it fits in. And if it doesn't fit, then maybe you just don't do it. Um, and that's okay too. So, but relatively inexpensive. That's, you read my mind. I was just going to ask you how much. It's hard. Like, I wish I had like a, a shopping list for you but I don't only because you do not know how much they're going to use so for example you might get I didn't challenge them to make the best concrete I just challenged them to make their own concrete so what if all 10 kids in your class really like Reese's cups right they're probably going to use a bunch of the Reese's cups. So I just chose to buy a lot and I bought a ton of Rice Krispie boxes. The dollar store is your friend. So I just get the cheap Rice Krispies from the dollar store and I got a bunch of candy. I'd hide some of it and, and left them in the bags and only laid so much out. So then that way um, they kind of used what was out. And if it seemed like, oh, Brianna didn't get a chance to get any Reese's I'd go get and we would use that candy for something else um throwing out for prizes whatever or it's you can return it and so you could also have had them like plan out what ingredients they need and then you buy them and then they do it you could um yeah you definitely could the only thing that I would hesitate with that is 
you might want to limit the list down because you might get only one kid that wants to use peanuts, for example. So if you have 10 kids and they all need five different ingredients, that's now you're getting to be something that's probably far more expensive than if you were to just say, here's what it is. That's a good point. So um, that's something to think about, um, but you can definitely modify it um, mm -hmm. and remix it and make it work and um, have a lot of fun with it. It is a lot of fun. Uh, if you have someone that can come in and help you melt marshmallows, that's where you're going to probably need the most the most help at that time. So your kids don't have to do that part because they're going to be making their concrete mix while you're getting all that melted. So when they're ready to go, you're giving it to them. It is a little bit messy, but I don't know. Learning is messy. So it is super fun. Um, I hope you like it. You can edit the the worksheet. It was something that I just quickly typed up. Um, like I said, there's even more that I would could have done um, if I would have taught this more than once. So um, it's it's super fun, and I hope you like it. Just make sure you if you use it, um, tag here by the Owl Podcast on social media so you can see your students' concrete creations. Uh, and yeah, that's that's it. But the other thing we'd love to ask you to do is. This is our first Patreon episode and we really wanted to make it actionable for you and, and we hope that you felt that this was, but we would love if you could share this uh, with others and let them know that, hey, you need to come and, and subscribe and be a part of their Patreon crew uh, so we continue to grow that and we can continue to support, uh, to support more teachers. So thanks for joining us.